the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. Support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com. At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True, and of course, thank you to all the listeners. Are you ready for a revealing show about Jonestown? Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. At the end of the process, we have psychic insight into a subject. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research in the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows will have already been covered again and again in other shows. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not good with pronouncing names. We apologize. And the last disclaimer is, neither of us have expertise as investigative journalists. If we have misstated anything, we apologize in advance. For any of those involved or anyone who has lost loved ones, we especially apologize if anything is misstated and we're sorry for the loss of life involved in this tragedy. Thank you, Justina. You chose the subject of Jonestown. Yes, I did. There is an explanation that was widely reported, but there are stories that what has been reported is not all of the truth. Do you want to set the scene or do you want me to? You have been researching the background more than I have. So why don't you start with the Jones for which Jonestown was named? That was Jim Jones, who was born in Crete, Indiana in 1931. He would be 85 years old if he were alive today. By the 1950s, he had graduated from college and his career was as a church minister. In 1955, he established the Wings of Deliverance Church in Indianapolis that was later to be known as the People's Temple. Apparently fearing nuclear war, he moved his church from Indianapolis to Northern California, finally settling in San Francisco in 1971. That's odd. Nuclear war could have just as likely to destroy San Francisco as anywhere else. 
For whatever reason, a minister moving his church seems strange. Churches usually stay where they are, along with their elders and congregation, with ministers moving around. It sounds like Jim Jones's church was in a normal church with a normal minister. Yes, by this time, Jim Jones was calling himself the prophet, and he, he became fixated with, with power. The People's Temple was being viewed from the outside as a cult. Jones was suspected of stealing money from his followers for his own use. The church demonstrated it was a cult by uprooting and emigrating to Guyana in 1977. The People's Temple formed an agricultural commune with hundreds of followers joining Jones in the foreign country. The commune was informally called Jonestown. I don't know anything about Guyana except if it is in South America. Yeah, the Republic of Guyana, one of the smallest countries in South America, is on the northern coast of the continent, bordering with Brazil and Venezuela. Guyana was used as a plantation by the British, but gained independence from the British Commonwealth in 1966. Guyana's official language is English. Georgetown is a capital with a population of around 120,000. The nation's economy depends on agriculture and mining. I was wondering how hundreds of Americans, including infants and children, could just show up in Guyana and start living there. That's an interesting point. According to the New York Times dated December the 24th, 1978, the government of Guyana turned a blind eye to the immigration and also to the activities in the People's Temple Commune. What was going on in the commune? Jones apparently had taken away passports, um, millions of dollars from his followers, and controlled the commune by brainwashing, blackmail, death threats and beatings, as well as possibly by murder. He also re rehearsed for large-scale ritual suicide. Word must have got out that the cult members were being abused. How did Jones keep the authorities from not closing down Jonestown? It must have been more than just the government of Guyana turning a blind eye. Jones was adept at public relations and made charitable and political donations. Allegedly, sexual favours were being extended to politicians. There were also threats of mass suicide if the government took action. Friends and relatives of the commune members back in the United States must have started to get an idea of what was going on. Yes, word got back to the United States to relatives and friends of followers prompting an investigation. In November of 1978, United States Congressman Leo Ryan, whose district was in California, visited Guyana. Joining him was a delegation, including members of the press and also concerned relatives. We'll have to continue talking about Jonestown and what actually occurred there after this short break. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
welcome back to Too Good To Be True. And before the break, we were just introducing Leo Ryan, who was visiting Guyana to see what was happening there. So going back to that point, hopefully the delegation would report its findings and the United States government would force the government of Guyana to act and close down Jonestown, probably with the arrest of Jim, Jim Jones. That must have been the hope, but as we all know, things quickly went badly wrong. Uh, the sequence of events, according to official reports, is as follows. On November the 14th, 1978, Leo Ryan's delegation arrived in Georgetown, Guyana. On November the 17th, 1978, Leo Ryan and his delegation arrive at the People's Temple Commune, known as Jonestown. On November the 18th, 1978, the visitors are set to return home. Some People's Temple members from the commune want to join them in their truck to go back to the United States. Other members of the People's Temple try to stop them, but they escape and the truck continues to the Port Ketuma airstrip from which they were to depart in two aircraft. The escaping party are fired on by members of the People's Temple with five dying from gunshot wounds and 11 wounded. The fatalities were Congressman Leo Ryan, photographer Greg Robertson of the San Francisco Examiner, cameraman Bob Brown from NBC, reporter Don Harris from NBC, and Patricia Parks from the People's Temple who was trying to escape. Jones gives orders via radio for members of the cult outside the compound to commit suicide. A mass suicide plan is enacted. Kool-Aid laced with cyanide tranquilizers and sedatives is first given to infants and children. It is then consumed by adults. Jones is killed by a gunshot wound to the head, which might have been self-inflicted. How did events deteriorate so quickly? Presumably, the murders, including the ambush at the airstrip and mass suicides, were ordered by Jim Jones. What is known about the visit? Apparently, the visit with Congressman Leo Ryan's delegation was tense. Jim Jones denied any suggestions of any wrongdoing. Several members of the commune had slipped Leo Ryan notes asking for help to escape. Sources say the commune was maintained by armed guards, presumably to keep people in rather than keep people out. I've seen a picture of, of regularly spaced huts in the commune. From that, it could be argued that the site looked more like a prison camp than an agricultural community. Why did Jones give the orders that he did? Trying to logically explain the contact of a, of a conduct of a deranged person is difficult, but presumably the inevitable outcome would be the closing down of Jonestown. So, Jonestown. so Jones was going to bring it all to an end on his own terms. Couldn't he have just made an escape after the delegation left or just shot himself and left at that? Why did hundreds have to die unless Jim Jones was completely insane and his followers totally brainwashed? How many survivors were there? Fewer than 100. Uh, some defected that day, some were in Georgetown. What was the final death toll? Officially, there were 909 fatalities from the People's Temple, including over 200 infants and children. This was in addition to Congressman Leo Ryan and the four others at the Port Ketuma airship, airstrip. Sorry. Were there any prosecutions following the mass murder-suicide? There was only one criminal prosecution in the United States and one in Guyana. Eventually in the United States, Larry Layton was convicted of conspiracy of aiding and abetting the murder of Leo Ryan and the, of the attempted murder of Richard Dwyer. Dwyer was Deputy Chief of Mission of the United States Embassy in Guyana and was part of Congressman Leo Ryan's delegation. In Guyana, Chuck Bikeman served five years for attempted murder and later returned to the United States. Who was Larry Layton? Larry was one of Jim Jones' top operatives. He pretended to be a defector and traveled to the airstrip with the delegation. There, Larry shot and wounded two people and attempted to shoot a third. He was released from jail in 2002. He was originally acquitted of murder charges in Guyana, uh, with brainwashing being part of his defense. What else happened after the events of November 18th? Richard Dwyer, who we mentioned before from the United States Embassy, took charge. The remains of the dead from Jonestown were airlifted home by the United States Air Force. What you have covered so far is in line with the official version of events. 
but as I mentioned at the beginning, there has been a lot of conjecture that the general public has not been given the entire story. What information was there at the time to suggest that there was more to the events that had been widely reported? Yeah, that's true. So many people following and obeying a madman to their deaths is hard to comprehend. But at the time, I never really questioned what had been reported as actually having occurred. But uh, but uh, I didn't take much notice uh, at the time. I didn't take much notice of the details, except of course being shot by the loss of life, life especially to the infants and children. But I do recall that the reported loss of life changed over the days following the tragedy. I think in 1978, people were just appalled at what happened and believed their television sets. I think that it took the use of the internet, especially over the last two decades, for alternative accounts to come forward. Wouldn't doubts be raised as more and more bodies are discovered? If they were not found in the first place, they must have been in different places. I'm not so sure. Uh, the deaths occurred in and around Jonestown, and they must have had an idea of how many people were in the commune. The original body count reported by the army in Guyana was 408, but was progressively revised to 775, 800, 869, and to the final body count of 909. Some sources quote 913, which would be almost correct if the deaths at the airstrip are included. However, some reports say that 912 died from cyanide poisoning. The army in Guyana who were at the first at the scene counted less than half of the final count. If we take the initial 408 as being accurate, where did the other bodies come from? What evidence is there that the entire story has not been told? Apparently, as more bodies were removed, more were found. Uh, the website, theunredacted.com, goes into details on apparent inconsistencies besides the increasing body count. The website claims that there were no traces of cyanide found in the container of Kool-Aid. There were vats of Kool-Aid, actually. One of the first hundred bodies examined by Dr. Leslie Mutu, Guyana's most senior pathologist. 83 had puncture marks between their shoulders, with Dr. Mutu concluding that the victims had been forcibly injected. According to this source, the tragedy appears to be more about mass murder than mass suicide but still assuming mass suicide started. Surely the horror of the situation would have shaken some of the surviving people so much that they would have, would have tried to prevent what was happening. What evidence was there that cyanide was involved? According to the unredacted.com website, cyanide crystals were found in the Jonestown medical supplies plus syringe and bottles containing the poison in liquid form. Also, bottles of cyanide, <coughs> excuse me, Martyrs Valium were found scattered on the ground. Valium is, of course, a tranquilizer used to treat anxiety. This suggests that victims would have thought they were taking a tranquilizer and not poison. There were other issues with the official aver version of events be being a mass suicide. So far, this seems really like a mass murder. But what other evidence is there that the official version was not based on fact? Apparently, besides the puncture wounds, dozens of bodies had gunshot wounds, while some others had wounds from crossbows. Dr. Mutu concluded that 90, sorry, that 80 to 90 percent of the bodies examined indicate the cause of death was not suicide. The Air Force airlifted bodies back to the United States. What were the findings from the autopsies? Autopsies were not conducted back in the United States. Many of the bodies were illegally cremated without relatives seeing remains, while hundreds remained unidentified. Only about 1% of the total number of bodies were autopsied. That would have meant that the evidence collected by Dr. Motu was the only evidence available. Wouldn't that been used for an inquest or inquest to determine cause of death? The evidence and samples that Dr. Mutu had gathered mysteriously disappeared while being shipped to the United States. The only surviving eyewitnesses to murder were at the airstrip. One of the journalists took a picture of a gunman firing from a trailer behind an agricultural tractor. There were no surviving eyewitnesses to the events at Jonestown, as far as I can find out. There must have been at least one inquest. Did an inquest actually happen? In December of 1978, a six-day inquest was held by the government of Guyana into deaths at Jonestown. 
I'm going to quote from the website, Alternative Considerations of Jonestown and People's Temple. The transcript referred to is the transcript of in uh, sorry, the transcript referred to is the transcript of the inquest. Quote, the transcript includes testimony from Guyana's Assistant Commissioner of Crime, C.A. Skip Roberts, Guyana's Chief Pathologist, Dr. Leslie Mutu, several local Guyanese government and police officials, Jonestown survivors Odell Rhodes, Stanley Clayton, Tim Carter, Mike Carter and Mike Prokes, and Temple member Herbert Newell. The document concludes with, what, with a one-page finding of the coroner's jury that Jones and persons unknown were responsible for the deaths in Jonestown. The jury also named only two people, Anne Elizabeth Moore, who died of a gunshot wound, and Maria Katsaris, who drank the brew as suicide victims, unquote. The quote continues regarding the transcript to the inquest, quote, the black tape deletions were made by the FBI, but were being challenged in litigation. There are also two pages missing from the original, unquote. Just to repeat the findings, aside from the two deaths being suicide, cause of death was that Jones and Persons Unknown were responsible. Therefore, the inquest determined that the cause of death for over 900 people, with the exception of the two victims, was not suicide. But the inquest does not specifically state homicide. As stated, parts of the transcript from the inquest were are blacked out and missing. The Jonestown survivors mentioned must have been either at the airstrip or among the hundred who were not at the commune on November the 18th, 1978. Why would the FBI have jurisdiction on foreign soil? The FBI have a jurisdiction in protecting American citizens overseas from acts of ter terrorism, etc., but only when invited to do so. Therefore, if homicide were a possibility, they would have jurisdiction if, in, if invited by the government of Guyana, which they must have been. What other evidence was there found at the camp that we haven't discussed yet? Once again, I'm going to quote from the website, theunredacted.com. Vast quantities of antipsychotic drugs were found at the site, far in excess of what would, need, what would normally be needed for 900 people. The camp also hosted a sophisticated hospital and Jonestown residents were reportedly given medical assessments on an almost daily basis. Clearly, whatever Jonestown was, it was no ordinary agricultural commune. Was it, as some have suggested, actually a mine control operation? Were the bizarre stories of brainwashing and suicide rehearsals actually part of some other sinister medical experiment? Unquote. Antipsychotic drugs are the type of drugs that might be used on patients with delusional disorders such as schizophrenia. Normally, only a small number in the population would, be, would need to have antipsychotic drugs prescribed for them. Also, having an almost daily medical assessment would be unusual under normal circumstances. Well, it looks like this story is getting stranger and stranger with what was reported and then other things found on the scene. But let's continue talking about Jonestown and then get into the questions in the Psychic Insight after this short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were talking about some alternative theories and some strange different events that happened at Jonestown. So it seems from this information that Jonestown was less of a people's temple and more of a mass mind control experiment. Yes, Congressman Leo Ryan's family thought so. They filed a lawsuit two years later alleging that Jonestown was part of a CIA mind control operation called MKUltra. What is MKUltra? There's a wiki page dedicated to Project MKUltra, which states that it was officially disbanded in 1973, five years before the Jonestown tragedy. What was the purpose of the project? No less than the United States Supreme Court provides some interesting information, including included in the case Central Intelligence Agency versus Sims, decided on April the 16th, 1985. Here is a quote from the Supreme Court website. Between 1953 and 1966, the Central Intelligence Agency financed a research project codenamed MKUltra that was established to counter Soviet and Chinese advances in brainwashing and interrogation techniques. Subprojects were contracted to various universities, research foundations, and, some, and similar institutions, unquote. Incidentally, the court held that it was legal for the CIA, CIA to hold to withhold information from freedom of information requests in order to protect their sources. There's no dispute then that the United States government financed research into brainwashing, but had ended its project MKUltra research in 1966, according to the Supreme Court. But according to Wikipedia, the project ended in 1973. It was a large project with, according to Wikipedia, 44 colleges. Companies that set out to change the world should stand for something, something that matters. For Tanium, it was managing and protecting the world's growing number of endpoints. Tanium empowers organizations to embrace digital transformation and change the way people both work and live. They help critical government agencies see what's coming, protect and defend five branches of the U.S. military, and more than half of the Fortune 100 rely on Tanium to manage and secure their critical assets. To learn more, visit Tanium.com. And ...universities, as well as hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies being involved, giving a total of over 80 institutions. As background, as early as the Korean War, captured Americans had been brainwashed by their communist captors, so there would not be a great surprise that research was going on in the United States. So because of the Cold War and the Korean War, there was Project MKUltra, but the Cold War didn't end until 1991. Why would Project MKUltra end either in the 60s or early 70s? Yeah, the Korean War has no peace treaty, so it hasn't officially ended. Perhaps details of the experiment started leaking out. By 1977, Project MKUltra was the subject of Senate hearings. Senator Ted Kennedy, who dominated questioning, was instrumental in revealing that the project ran experiments with LSD. That was the infamous drug in the 60s and 70s used in the counterculture of the time. LSD was used by the late Jimi Hendrix, who died due to a drug overdose. It was, also, it was no secret that Beatles used LSD to help inspire their music. It is a drug strongly associated with flower power, the non-violent ideology of the late 60s and early 1970s. Are you suggesting that Project MKUltra manipulated popular, popular culture, as well as possibly being connected to the Jonestown story? Honestly, don't know what to think, but I've always wondered how some culture movements were started. However, in popular culture, brainwashing came to the fore in 1962 with the fictional movie The Manchurian Candidate. Word seemed to be out on the streets that brainwashing was possible and could be conducted outside of prison or war camps. I don't want you to reveal the plot, but presumably someone was programmed to do something that they were not conscious of. But when did Project MKUltra end unofficially? The general belief seems to be that mind control experimentation has not ended, even if MKUltra was closed down. If our potential enemies might use mind control, that, uh, that potential threat would need to be countered. If you can take over the minds of your enemy, then you've won the war. Was there other evidence of CIA involvement? According to the website, theunredacted.com, the location of Jonestown was the same as that for a tra CIA training camp 
that had been previously sited there, but had been closed down. What was the camp used for? Apparently for training of mercenaries as part of, a, of covert operations in Angola, which is in southern Africa. There had been a civil war in that country starting in the 1970s, following independence from Portugal. It doesn't mean that Jonestown had connections with the CIA. It could just mean that the site for the commune was available. The airstrip being sited there is interesting, though. I'll quote again from the website, theunredacted.com. George Philip Blakey, a pivotal figure in the forming of the Jonestown community, placed a $650,000 down payment on the land in 1973. It was Blakey more than anyone who was eventually responsible for the People's Temple relocating to Guyana, far from the scrutiny of the US authorities. Blakey was also an agent of the CIA involved with their clandestine activities in Angola. Although a member of the Jonestown community, Blakey conveniently absented himself on the day of the massacre, unquote. If this is true, then we have to wonder who was being controlled, just Jim Jones' followers or Jim Jones and his followers. But how do we know that the name George Philip Blakey was not made up as a means of connecting Jonestown with the CIA, and all of this is just a story? George Blakey was married to Deborah Layton, whose brother Larry Layton, as we have mentioned, was the only person convicted in the United States of any crime following Jonestown. Ironically, Deborah Layton was believed to be a whistleblower and was instrumental in Leo Ryan's Leo Ryan visiting Jonestown in the first place. Even stranger, apparently Deborah and Larry's father, Dr. Lawrence Laird Layton, was a government scientist researching chemical and biological warfare and was a fundraiser for Jonestown, but not a member of the People's Temple. This is all getting really strange. If you're going to make up a story, this wouldn't be the type of story you would make up. On the other hand, was there any evidence or other theories suggesting that the official version was based on some actual events? There's more evidence, if it were needed, that Jim Jones was not in his right mind. Uh, he apparently sometimes ripped up Bibles during sermons and threw a Bible on the floor on one occasion, claiming that the congregation was looking at his Bible and not at him. Is there any direct evidence to support the official version of events? There is a tape which records a meeting that Jim Jones called to order the mass suicide. He told his followers that troops were coming to destroy them. The tape includes a statement from Jim Jones that they were not committing suicide, but it was going to be an act of revolution. Making the tape more plausible is that the followers are expressing disagreement and offering alternatives at the beginning of the meeting. How do we know the tape wasn't tampered with? We don't, but apparently it contains gaps in exclusion, so it might not actually relate to all the events. The tape is available on YouTube. At the start, Jones seems to be blaming the shooters at the airport for their situation when he apparently ordered them to do it. The voice of, Joan, of Jones, calm for the horrific directions he was giving, is certainly creepy. I think it's time for the psychic insight. Again, we have to be sensitive to the fact that some of the people involved may be alive today. Also, loved ones who met an untimely death will still be remembered. We apologize in advance if any of the questions appear insensitive, and we are just trying to get the truth about what happened. Do you want to ask the first question? Yeah, I will go ahead. Was fear of nuclear war the real reason that Jim Jones moved the People's Temple eventually to San Francisco? Or was Jones being controlled and told to do that? So, it was not fear. It was more of control, yes. Was the control of Jones on his people or control of Jones? Both. Why did Jones start referring to himself as the prophet? Had he lost his sanitary, sanity or was he being controlled? He was being controlled in a way. He was also trying to, trying to use manipulation tactics. Was Jones taking his followers' money for his own use? Yes. Was it Jones' decision to move Guyana, or was he being controlled and merely followed orders? It was his decision in that case. Was there any connection between Jones and the People's Temple and any government project to research mind control? Yes. Was the government Guyana complicit in the setting up a Jonestown due to bribes and coercion? Yes. 
Who funded the purchase of Jonestown and the setting up of the commune? So some of it was the people and other was private donations. Was the CIA involved in setting up Jonestown? Not the CIA, but other organizations, yes. Was the commune like a prison with armed guards posted? There were armed guards, yes. Had followers had their passports and money confiscated by Jones? Yes, and other personal belongings. Inside the community, was there brainwashing, blackmail, death threats, beatings and murder, as well as rehearsals for large-scale ritual suicide? Yes. So all of those? In different ways, yes. And for the mass suicide, it was only some of the followers who had agreed to perform during that part, not all of them. Were some of the followers wishing to leave the commune, as evident from the notes slipped to Leo Ryan? Yes. How many of the followers wanted to leave the commune by the day of the visit? By the day of the visit, it was about half. But when the visit actually occurred, more wanted to leave when things got more scary. Why did Jones order some of his followers to follow Leo Ryan and his delegation to the airstrip? Basically, as a way to scare them and to show them what everyone's capable of. So basically to show they were powerful and they have a lot of power and force in numbers. Did Jones actually order the death of Leo Ryan? Yes. Was the death of the journalist an accident or was, it, uh, in, was that intended as well? Intended. Was Jones planning the destruction of the People's Temple before he ordered the followers to follow the visitors to the airstrip? Yes, he knew way before. Why didn't Jones just allow the visitors to return unharmed and set up another commune in another country? Because he wanted to give a message to the rest of the people and the rest of the people in the U.S. and the world. What message was that? The visitors were not allowed and that they had power in their numbers and in their group. Did Jones kill himself with a self-inflicted gunshot? No. So somebody else shot him? Correct. Was it one of his followers? Yes. Was that follower under John Jones' orders to kill him? Yes and no. So basically Jones was planning on dying, so orders were given. But at the last second, he did try to change his mind, but it was too late. There were around 100 followers who were not at the commune on November the 18th, 1978. How did they know to stay away, or was it just good fortune? Some of them had been secretly getting information from the inside. So they already had some information and decided it would be best if they would leave for a while. Was the death toll originally reported by the authorities in Guyana at 408, not over 900 as eventually reported? Basically, some of the people were involved and tried to minimize it. And also, it was hard with so many people dead to count the bodies accurately. So there were some genuine mistakes made? Correct. Why did as many as 500 bodies come from from the original body count? So basically the bodies were there and some of the bodies were killed before the mass suicide part. So that added to the death toll as well. What was the actual death toll? Around 900 and something total, not including some followers that were killed previously, which the bodies had not yet been discovered. But we'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight after this short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were going through the questions and answering it with a psychic insight. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Were most of the followers killed by injections, gunshot wounds, and crossbows? Yes. Was the Kool-Aid free of cyanide, cyanide and therefore not poisonous? There was poison used, but it was by different means. Were there bottles marked as Valium which contained poison scattered on the ground? Yes. Where did the evidence gathered by pathologist Dr. Mutu disappear to? It basically got destroyed by some people that knew what was going on in Jonestown. Why did it disappear? Because they wanted it to seem like it was a mass suicide where the people decided to kill themselves rather than being murdered. Were the people from Guyana or from the United States who didn't want the truth to come out? Some of both. Why were there so few autopsies? It was a cover-up since they did not want to basically release information that some people did not want to die. Was the inquest in Guyana correct in its findings? Not completely, no. What did they miss in saying that it was Jones and persons unknown that were responsible for the deaths with the exception of the two suicides. Basically, what they missed was the evidence. There was a lot of evidence that disappeared that would have proved that it was murder. So there was a lot of evidence that could have been collected right away that was destroyed before it could actually be shown to the public. If they had all the right evidence, the inquest might have just stated that it was murder or homicide. Correct. Why were there large quantities of antipsychotic drugs found in the commune? Basically, a lot of the people were having side effects to what was going on, so they were drugging up a lot of the members to keep them happy. What was the reason for the almost daily hospital visits for the followers? A lot of them were having negative side effects, and some of them were participating in some very strange behaviors. Was that for being the in the commune or for other reasons? Mostly being in the commune, since a lot of people felt trapped and did have different psychotic breakdowns. Was Jonestown associated with Project MK Ultra? No. Did the counterculture of the 60s and 70s, including drug use, just occur or was it promoted by outside influences? A little bit of both. Does the book and movie, The Manchurian Candidate, have any basis in fact? Some yes, but of course as movie, most movies go, there are some extra things added. Was Jonestown on the site of a former CIA training camp? There was different government work there, yes, but not exactly the CIA. Was government activity the reason for the airstrip being located nearby? Yes and no. Yes, for different people to come and visit, but also for convenience. So yes, you are correct, but it is more that there was not much other access. It needed to be there for people to come in and out, not just people involved in the government. Did the CIA fund or help fund Jonestown by purchasing the land? So it wasn't exactly the CIA, but there were different people involved, yes. So there were other organizations mentioned earlier and private donors? Correct. Were the brother and sister Leighton part of a wider conspiracy or were they just followers in the People's Temple? They were followers. 
The tape of Jim Jones addressing his followers sounds calm and matter of fact. Is the tape entirely authentic or has it been altered? It has been altered. The Jonestown tragedy is now off the radar. Why isn't there a new investigation? Because a lot of the evidence is destroyed. So even if there is another investigation, there is not much they can do. And also with Jones gone, there's not really anyone to blame at this point. So basically, it's easier to say it was a mass suicide and then move on than actually try to investigate. And again, with that being a while ago, it would be hard to get any solid evidence to actually prosecute anyone for their actions. What were Jones and the people behind Jones trying to achieve by creating Jonestown? So one, they're trying to experiment with having a place where, pe where people would basically follow their leader. So you can think of it in a way like somewhere with a dictatorship where they were experimenting with that idea. And also associated with that, there were experiments going on with different psychological medications and different psychological tactics. So it was an area where you have people isolated, where you can basically treat them as your subjects. So there were different experiments going on with that as well. Was it the government or private organization, organizations behind the experimentation? private organizations. What can we learn from the events of, at Jonestown? Basically, the first point that is a touchy one but needs to be brought up is that there is emotional and psychological abuse. So that you can see that in this event, it is not only a lot of people emotionally abused and psychologically abused, as well as some were physically abused. So again, when you see someone go through this, it's very hard to intervene but there needs to be intervention when something like this is out, especially if it's in the public eye. And some of the family members did see what their other family members were going through, but it was hard to get them help. And also there is a lot unknown about the brain and psychology and how the mind actually works. And some people take it to the extreme with extreme experiments and try to push people to their limits. The followers that committed the murders, were they higher up in the organization closer to Jones? Some of them, yes. Some of them were given basically ultimatums where their families were going to be hurt if they did not actually follow orders. So there were some followers that actually did it because they wanted to and some that were basically in horrible situations where it was either them or their families. So the families were going to be killed anyway if they were in the commune. But were they in some other places? Families in other places. That's the end of the psychic insight. Uh, but is there anything too good to be true? I guess that over 900 people didn't commit suicide by drinking cyanide laced Kool Aid. The mind control was not as complete as what we have been led to believe. Was mind control at Jonestown not being as widespread among the followers as we have been led to believe too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Taking alternative explanation for events and a psychic insight together, it appears what, what, what happened was actually mass murder as part of some mind control experimentation. And uh, it was all covered up after the fact. Jonestown isn't the only episode of mass fatalities associated with a cult, is it? No, there was Heaven's Gate in California in 1997 before that, starting in 1994, there was the Order of the Solar Temple with deaths in Canada and Switzerland. Heaven's Gate sounds really strange. Yes, apparently 39 members committed suicide in order to reach an extraterrestrial spacecraft. What about the Order of the Solar Temple? A total of 71 people died in 1994, 1995 and 1997 by murder-suicide by deliberately setting buildings alight. Apparently, they were trying to escape the hypocrisies and oppression of this world. I think that's enough on the subject of these very strange events, except to say that mind control within cults seems to occur in some instances. Yes, um, maybe it's time to uh, be a little bit more cheerful and talk about our Facebook page. Yes, so switching topics a little bit here is that we do have a Facebook page. So if you go into Facebook and you type in too good to be true and the first two is spelled T-W-O, 
you can go there, find our page, and you can interact with us on there. You can like our page and then comment and suggest any future ideas. So if you're interested, for example, in these other cults, mass suicide situations, we would love to hear that. If you're interested in monuments, like Dad, you always want to talk about. You can do you have anything to add to that, Dad? Yeah, you seem to be fading away, Justina. Yes, if you, um, I guess, if you want to avoid having uh, to talk about the uh, the big figures on Easter Island or uh, something else like that, um, you better send in some ideas. We still haven't had a suggestion for the Loch Ness monster, um, and um, I guess uh, any suggestion will be taken seriously. I guess. Are you back with us, Justina? Yes, I'm still here. Can you hear me all right? You're loud and clear. Good. I just want to make um, just one comment on our show today. Um, the topic of mental health and families came up in the Psychic Insight. And I just want to put it out there that mental health is very, very important. And it's something that is coming into the public eye more. But if you see a family member going through something, some type of mental health situation, if you see them in a situation where maybe there's some kind of cult situation, something negative going on with them, it's always important to bring that up. And I know in even the situation of Jonestown, there was a lot of family members that did try to get help for their loved ones. So we just want to say that we're sorry for all the losses of all the different family members and it's very great to hear stories about family members actually try to help uh, the residents of Jonestown. Yes, and I think we should say that uh, if we see somebody uh, being stressed or feeling uncomfortable, um, it may not even be anything to do with mental health, but a kind word, word or two goes a very long way and helps us all. So why don't you just finish uh, the show for us, Justina? Yes, so again, if... I know I was fading earlier. If anyone wants to go to our Facebook page, like, comment, interact with us. If you have anything um, you want to add from today's show, go to Too Good To Be True on Facebook. And the first two is spelled T-W-O. And, of course, thank you to all the listeners. We appreciate everyone uh, for listening. And stay tuned for next week for another show of Too Good To Be True. Mm-hmm.